Who would like? Make sure everybody's back. Are we, are, first of all, I was going to ask that, Jeremy. Please stop micromanaging me. <laughs> you like it. I only do it because. because you know I like it. Oh, now you're now your mic's dead. That's what you get. Ha ha. Fuck. fuck. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Can everybody hear me? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Welcome to I'd Buy That for a Dollar, a podcast about inexpensive, common, and underappreciated records that are waiting to be rediscovered. I'm your host, Sean Hartman, brand ambassador tasked with repopularizing the Big Apple Cap. The Big Apple Cap? Yeah, see, this is the problem. (laughs) You've never heard of it. So many people have never heard of it. We haven't had a major celebrity wear the big apple cap since donny hathaway we got to figure out some modern stars for this thing (laughs) top of the list is samuel l jackson we got to get him in one (laughs) okay is it for like new york city is it related no i mean it's 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 similar to like the newsies cap but it's even bigger and wider (laughs) oh and floppier all right Oh, all right. Well, I'm co-host Jeremy, <laughs> and I just want to tell you guys that you've got a friend in me. Oh, man. That's so sweet. Thank you. I only mention that because for some reason when I went to put this album on uh, recently to prep for this podcast... I was like, wait a minute, did they do that Randy Newman song? <laughs> and of course it was not that. Yeah, it's the Carol King song. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I had a moment yes. though where I was just like, I don't remember them doing it. <laughs> You're now the second person to reference that song in their intro on an episode. Yeah, Sean, I didn't go that route because there was another episode, probably our Carol King episode, I'm guessing, that you, Sean referenced that correct uh it was more recent than carol king i don't remember exactly which one but yes that yeah. was me yeah you definitely did it our listeners can scour through the intros and find out which episode it was and write us at i'd buy that podcast at gmail.com um but i'm not going to do a for the record on that one <laughs> i'm i'm like 90 percent <laughs> sure it was morgana king well there you go i am co-host peter cook and, well, for one thing, it was today that I realized that Donny Hathaway, the top of his head wasn't naturally a big apple cap. It, I saw him <laughs> without a cap on in a, in a photo. I, I, I don't think I'd ever seen him without that on top of his did head. Did you have like a, a little bit of Uncanny Valley when you saw him without the big apple cap? I legit did not recognize him, even though it was in the booklet of his cd that i was head open and was reading i was like who's that oh probably donny hathaway i've just never seen him without his cap on um but also when i was a youngster adults would often ask me what you gonna do when you grow up and have to face responsibility to which i would reply 
co-host a podcast with my friends. Aw. <laughs> and of course, since this was in like the mid-90s, they would say, what's a podcast? <laughs> yeah, and some people still say it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and joining us today, back to the podcast for his third appearance, is a healthcare worker, record collector, and DJ hailing from Athens, Georgia. Welcome back to I'd Buy That for a Dollar, Mark Weathersby, a.k.a. DJ Mahogany. Why, thank you, gentlemen, for having me again. It's so great to speak to all of you. And I've got to tell you about this new business venture I've started for couples therapy. You want to know the name of the business? Yes. Mm -hmm. The name of the business is We Do It Together. Oh. Oh. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yes. <laughs> is this like a singing based couples therapy? Yes. You have to sing your problems and grievances to each other. How did you know? Oh it's God. like you went into my mind and just got it. You just got it. <laughs> you guys are doing your own little duet. I would love to invest in this. <laughs> we are. I I will take all the money you throw my way. Invest Deal. heartily. Thank you. Thank you for believing in me. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to be back. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Speaking of duets, I think that's a perfect segue into the album that you brought us today. Yes. Today, I would like to share with you and everyone listening one of my favorite albums of all time. It's in my top 10 favorite albums of all time. And it's a duet album by Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway, self-titled duet album. Yeah, this is from... Came out in 1972. Yes, hey, that's another uh, 1972 record on the podcast. Yes. And one that I don't believe we mentioned at the uh, top of the season. Well... This is great. We've talked about Roberta Flack before, but not Donny Hathaway. And this is probably one of the only opportunities that we'd really have to do so. His, I found that a lot of his other records are not easy to come by necessarily. So excited to get into that. But where do we want to start before we get into the story behind this record? Well, I'd like to start with a track that really showcases the beauty of their voices together. It is a, just an excellent, smooth-moving track, and it's called When Love Has Grown. Wonderful. We're looking at Side B, track three. When love has grown point of love when the tears that are cried are not the sweet tears of joy you know the sun has surely made its final dawning when love has died instead of growing can grow up to the point of love when the tears 
pathetic ride Can be the sweet tears of joy Then we'll have days that are filled with Days and nights of loving you and me And love will ever be That was a great, blissful, fluttery number to kick things off here on this episode. I'm just now noticing that, aside from Donny Hathaway, Eugene McDaniels also has a songwriting credit for that number. And that makes sense. Wasn't he also one of, didn't he write some of the material on the Roberta Flack Feel Like Making Love episode that we covered many, many moons ago on the podcast? I believe so. I think we mentioned him on that episode. They were pretty close friends. I think they worked together throughout a lot of their career. Yeah. That is correct. Um, Eugene wrote, which I declare as my favorite Roberta Flack solo song of all time, Feel Like Making Love, which is from the same album you guys discussed on a previous episode of I'd Buy That For A Dollar. I think it's one of his best tracks, and he's a great songwriter. Also a great producer as well. And a great singer. Yeah. And has great offspring, as we found out on our Rasa episode, <laughs> the album made by his yes. children. <laughs> yes. His, contri- his contributions to this podcast just keeps going and going and going. It's, it's fantastic. But yes, that track is just really great. Their voices blend so well together. And it just truly infects your soul in the best way Every time I listen to that song, it brings the biggest smile to my face. I just love that track. Yeah, one thing I enjoy about their voices in particular together is, I mean, they're both really great singers, obviously, but Roberta has this, like, I mean, you can tell it's a more, like, classical angle or something. It's like everything's very crisp and perfect, and then Donnie kind of has this like very like expressive thing that kind of pushes against that. Mm-hmm. But he also sings like flawlessly. So it's not like, <laughs> you know, a good and a bad voice, just two like different voices that combine to make a, a really great sound. I agree, Jeremy. That's, that's really perfect. That description you just laid before us. I mean, she was classically trained, and, and, and he was also classically trained. So their voices come from opposite ends, yet come together so beautifully. That's just perfect. So perfect. Yeah, it's it's funny because I, I thought about, while listening to this album, the fact that they both have such distinct 
and remarkable voices, but I'm so used to hearing them separately. I haven't really spent a lot of time with this album. I've spent a lot of time with material released by both of them, but for whatever reason, this one hadn't mm-hmm. isn't one that I've really ever uh, given a chance. And boy, was I a fool to do that? But hey, it's it's great that you're putting it on my radar now, as well as our listeners, Mark. Well, thank you. And the way this album kind of came into my life. Now, I'd heard of Donny Hathaway, mainly about what happened at the end of his life, more than his musical career. That's what I found out about him when I was very young. And then, of course, I'm very familiar with his Christmas staple, This Christmas, which was played on R&B radio nonstop for me growing up. But how this particular album with Roberta Flack came into my consciousness was I went to a record show with one of my best friends, Jeff, who lives here in Athens, Georgia. He is currently our poet laureate of Athens, Georgia. And we would go digging for records all the time. So on this specific trip, I think it was in Greenville, South Carolina that we went to. He also had a knack for buying tons of CDs like I do. Like when I go shopping, I buy tons of records and CDs. One of the CDs he bought was the Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway CD. So on the drive back, I'm driving. Whenever there's a passenger driving with me, I always let them be the DJ. And he opened up the CD and he said, well, let's listen to this. Mm. And uh, the first track on side one, I Who Have Nothing, came on. And uh, by the time that first track was over, it was just one of the most stirring things I'd ever heard. It was just truly beautiful. And we listened to that entire album on the way back. And then the next time we went digging for records, we went to a record store in Atlanta called Full Moon Records, a store that is no longer with us, sadly. And um, the owner had this loft, this little loft full filled with dollar albums. And for every $10 albums you bought, you got two for free. So he basically got 12 albums for $10. And a lot of my collection came from his store. And one of the records in the bin was that Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway album. And uh, when I got it, I listened to it nonstop. And over the years, I have just come back to that album and just played it on my turntable nonstop. And the moment it really connected with me was I used to live in this huge loft in Athens, Georgia, and I had my speakers on the opposite sides of the room. And I put that record on one day, and that stereo separation truly hit me. I was sitting in the middle, and I heard Roberta's voice in the left channel and Donnie's voice in the right channel. And it just hit me in a whole different way listening to the album that way and just made me fall in love with that record even more. And um, it's just a, I've always been a fan of duet albums, and this is just truly one of the best. Yeah, it's actually interesting that you brought up that point about the stereo separation. I was listening to this mostly on the sound bar for, that goes with our television, you know, sitting away from it across the room. So mm-hmm. I wasn't really getting that effect, and I got that while listening to that first clip in headphones, it really, it made it for a different experience, (laughs) Uh, you know, having it very separated between left and right. I agree. Listening to this album in headphones, 
is a totally different, unique experience. I mean, the music literally surrounds you, swirls around you, engulfs you. And hearing Roberta's voice in one channel and Donnie's voice in the other channel, and it's just a magical thing to do. It's a magical experience. I should also point out the cover of this album. I... I feel like it looks like a metal album. Am I crazy? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, the cover of this album is kind of like a Rorschach uh, painting of sorts, um, but it's like handprints, handprints, and maybe butterflies. I can't exactly make out what's on the cover of it, but it's just beautiful. It's it's gorgeous to look at. It's weird, weirdly gorgeous. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well. So- well, since we've already done an episode on Roberta Flack, how about we talk just a little bit about our backgrounds with Donnie Hathaway, which, Mark, I think you've kind of talked about, yeah, you knowing most about his tragic end when you were younger and knowing his, his Christmas song. I actually became familiar with Donnie Hathaway through 90s hip hop sampling him, such as on Dr. Dre's The Chronic, Lil Ghetto Boy is a heavily samples Donny Hathaway song, Little Ghetto Boy. They really use the live version from his uh, 1972 live album, which is actually the probably his album that I've listened to the most. I really love that live album. He does, you've got a friend on there, and the audience sings back to him on the stage. It's really magical. That's such a great album. Yeah. Such a great live album. One of the best. One of the, one of the best live albums ever made it's incredible yeah so once i started working in the record store with sean and i i would see donny hathaway and be like oh i always wanted to check this guy out I, you know when i would just see his name in the liner notes for the samples on hip-hop albums i know wu-tang sampled little ghetto boy as well you know didn't have easy access to his music at that point in time so it felt like this kind of hidden gem once i was actually able to hear his originals of these songs and so i just yeah checked out any donny hathaway that came my way at the record store and that live album really stuck jeremy how about you i knew donny hathaway as that guy who sings with roberta flack okay yeah (laughs) i have been a roberta flack fan for a while but never really dug into donny hathaway's solo stuff and honestly kind of avoided the albums <laughs> with with uh, both their <laughs> names on it because I was like, I want to listen to Roberta Flack right now. I don't want someone else spoiling the party. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who this Donnie guy is, but... <laughs> How about you, Sean? I think similar to Mark, I think I kind of knew Donnie by reputation before the music. Like, my first impression was just, well, he's a legendary singer who died young and had kind of a tragic story (laughs) that was just like what i had filed away of my association with donny hathaway and then i would like listen to his music every once in a while and if i would hear a song and realize it was donny i'm like wow this is great but uh i never bought any of his records mostly because they're hard to find or kind of expensive sometimes and don't have this record either so Wanted to get, you know, more familiar. It's time to dig in deeper with Donny Hathaway, someone I've always known I liked. Uh, While I was at work today, I listened to a couple of his solo records, getting ready for this as well. And Extension of a Man from 73 really stuck out to me. 
upon, uh, you know, re-listening. It's quite the masterpiece. But his whole catalog is worth exploring. Mm -hmm. Very talented guy. Yeah, I really like his debut album, Everything is Everything. Mm Mm-hmm. That's an incredible album. Incredible. It has the um, the Ghetto on there, which is such a great classic track by Donny Hathaway. And um, the title track, Everything is Everything is Great. Also, yeah. such a great album. Love that album so, so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm finding it's hard to go wrong. I don't really know of any duds in his catalog. But there's still more for me to explore. But yeah, where do we, where do we want to start as far as kind of looking at this album specifically? Well, the next song I would love to share with everybody is the big hit from this album. Now, it's kind of interesting how this song basically became a hit. Now, the album came out in 1972, and this album was basically kind of put together um, because Roberta Flack had a career, Donny Hathaway had a career. They both had critical acclaim, but not really much commercial success. So the label put them together. And the album did pretty okay, but then Roberta Flack, well, through Clint Eastwood in a weird way, there's a little song called The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face that was featured in a movie called Play Misty for Me that Clint Eastwood directed. The song became a huge hit. And from that, people revisited the Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway album. So Atlantic was like, we'll put a single out. The single was Where Is The Love? And it shot up to the top of the R&B charts and went top five pop. And this song is just a great, beautiful, fun, breezy classic. I love this track so much. So I thought we would give this the fair, um, give it its propers and give it a listen, share it with everybody. So this is Where Is The Love, side B, track two. Love 
Well, once again, their voices are fantastic, but I was really queuing in on the instrumentation going on and the really phenomenal playing going on overall. And there's a good reason the playing on this is very good. (laughs) There sure is. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, the vocals are front and center. It's very attention-grabbing. It's obviously, you know, just incredible singing. But the instrumentation really pushes it over the edge, especially that rhythm section. Lay it on us. Yeah, just say the name, Sean. Or do you want me to say it? (laughs) Okay, I I didn't know which of us was going to say him. I don't know if I was setting you up or if I was just going to take over. You want me to say names? I'm going to say every other name. You say the first one, I'll say the second one. First one, I'm going to say Eric Gale on the guitar. Ah, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Wonderful. Great guitar guitar player. player. Yeah, he's he's been on some albums we featured before. I'm pretty sure he was on Bob James' Touchdown. He was. Yeah. I, I actually know every record that the main players that we featured before. So, oh, you like just ask, I'll tell you. Oh, I wrote it down. You wrote this all down. Well, what else has Eric Gale been <laughs> I, on? I had, a, I had an extra half hour before we started, and I was like, fuck it, I should just figure out <laughs> <laughs> all the session players. <laughs> so, this is our fourth Eric Gale. We talked about him on Kenny Loggins, Bob James, and Angela Bofill before this. Oh, wow. And uh, Eric's got some solo records that we should do at some point as well, as I'm sure we've probably said before. <laughs> I think we have. <laughs> On drums, the great Bernard Purdy. This is our fourth Purdy. He was also on Aretha Franklin, Cheryl Lynn, and Hank Crawford from the Christmas episode. Oh, wow. You even included the Christmas ones. <laughs> you went deep. <laughs> Why not? Deep. I will mention Chuck Rainey on the bass. Oh. Ooh, yeah, yes. Chuck Rainey, he's been on quite a few. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I'd be hard. Well, Frequent collaborator with Bernard Purdy. Also, as mentioned before, the two of them did an episode of Questlove Supreme together. That's excellent listening if you want to hear some stories from two of the best session players to ever do it. Our previous Chuck Rainey's were Mary McCreary, Dirk Hamilton, and Cheryl Lynn. This is our fourth Chuck Rainey. Yeah. I definitely knew he remembered him on the, the Cheryl Lynn one. And we got Hubert Laws laying down yeah. some flute and maybe some saxophone as well. We heard his tiny little flute solo on the first song, which I thought was an excellent little addition. Just a little extra spice on top, you know? Brother of previously featured artist Ronnie Laws. Ronnie Laws, yes. And there's a few other members of that family that... We're a professional recording artist. This is our third Hubert Laws. We also featured him on Morgana King and Bob James. I will next mention David Spinoza on the guitar. Has he been on the podcast before, Sean? I didn't look up David Spinoza. I didn't look I, up everybody. He's only on, what, one track on this record, I think? Yeah, it still counts. <laughs> it still counts. I just I, I looked up the main players, people who are on at least two tracks. All right. I got to give a shout out to my man, Arif Martin, who did the string and woodwind arrangements and one of the most prolific producers, I think, of all time. He has produced some killer stuff and he also did some solo recordings, but man, he has produced some of the best vocalists out there, including Aretha Franklin and Shaka Khan. Um, He's he's just incredible. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I briefly skimmed through his Discogs credits, and it's it's absurd. Just literally thousands of credits <laughs> across music. Yeah, the yes, later BG yes. stuff is Arif Martin too. That's right. That is so right. You, that's 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 very. If we're true. talking about session players, we would be remiss if we didn't mention who composed the track that we just listened to, Mister Ralph McDonald, percussionist yes. extraordinaire. You want to guess? Uh, how many previous records we've featured Ralph McDonald on? <laughs> Nine. Mm. Pretty close. Uh, I think this is our eighth Ralph McDonald. He might be our most featured session player. It's got to be either him or Ernie Watts, I think. Holy jeez. Eight? Wow. Does he perform on this one? Yeah. Yeah, he did some yes. writing. Yeah, that song, Where is the Love? That was him and his songwriting partner, William Salter. And yeah, he played percussion on this one as well. As far as his playing goes, he was featured on Morgana King, Johnny Hammond, Roberta Flack, the original one, Kenny Loggins, Bob James, Angela Bofill, and Aretha Franklin. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is all over the place. Yeah. And some great solo records too. And I didn't even know he was like that prolific of a songwriter. The man was just putting in work. Holy crap. And he was featured as a solo artist on one of the best-selling albums slash soundtracks of all time. Do you guys know what that is? Mm-mm. Saturday Night Fever? Peter got it! <laughs> Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, I, when I, within the last year, I got my copy out and like was there were a number of new names, names that were I now recognize that like I didn't know before or MFSB are on there too. <laughs> Yes, that is correct. Yes. MFSB is featured on one of the best-selling album soundtracks of all time. Incredible. Very incredible. Do any other names uh, warrant your cutoff, Sean? Or <laughs> That's all I had written down. If you want to talk about some of the other players, go for it. Well, I'll mention that Billy Cobham plays drums on here. Joe Farrell plays soprano sax. Joe Gentle plays flute. And Jack Jennings plays vibraphone as well. Lots of heavy hitters. Yeah, it's a star-studded cast for this affair. And two of the best voices in the biz on top of it. Yeah. I feel like Bob James would have been on this session if the two main players weren't also gifted pianists. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. I thought about that, too. They're not... That's a great point. Yeah, they're not just great vocalists, but they're both their main instrument is the keys yeah and they do all the keys on this album one of the two of them for each song so yeah yeah and had a hand in like all of the arranging and production too it would Mm -hmm. seem yes which is just phenomenal such a truly family affair of sorts it's just just beautiful i'm gonna give a real brief history about uh Donnie and Roberta. We've already talked to Roberta, so I'll just cover the real basics. But Donnie was born October 1st, 1945 in Chicago, Illinois in a big apple cap. (laughs) Yeah, that's fact. (laughs) And was raised by his grandmother in St. Louis, Missouri. He began singing in church. I know that's a shock to everyone. (laughs) unheard of unheard of and it said he started studying piano at age three i i'd have a hard time using the word study and a three-year-old in the same sentence but 
Prodigy. Prodigy. He's the fire starter. He is the fire starter. (laughs) (laughs) And he would go on to study music at Howard University, where he meets Roberta Flack, who was born in Black Mountain, North Carolina, grew up in Arlington, Virginia. She also grew up singing in the church. Her mother was a church organist. She began playing piano at a much more reasonable age of nine. (laughs) You can believe that. (laughs) Yeah. Still had a childhood. And got a full music scholarship to study classical piano at Howard University and was like the youngest person to go there at that point at age 15. And Howard is in Washington, D.C., am I correct? Yes. Okay. So they... As was previously mentioned, you know, we're putting out their own music and are brought together to do this album. Somebody with the labels like, you know, you guys are both great, but let's put you together and combine your audiences and maybe that'll help things take off commercially. Their version of You've Got a Friend made it into the Billboard Hot 100 at the same time as James Taylor's version of the song. Yeah, I saw that. That was, it's wild. It's like, here, here, listen to the countdown. You like this song so much, you'll hear it again later. Yeah, they were released like a week apart. Wow. It just blows my mind. Yeah. How at that time, all, you know, the, the, the original versions of these songs that we know as big hits and then other cover versions coming out at the same time. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like either of them are just regional acts. I know that that used to happen where like a band popular in a particular region might record a popular at the time song. That's actually, isn't that where the word cover comes from? You would cover up the popular version with your own. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, oh, but these wow. are both. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's really cool. I never knew that. I truly never knew that. That's where cover wow. comes from. But yeah, I mean, these are both you know national big label artists, James Taylor and Flack Hathaway. So that's wild. Yeah, and their third single, as was mentioned, "Where Is the Love," was a smash hit, reaching number five on the Billboard charts. And that happened like a year after the first single came out because Roberta Flack caught fire. Yeah. And I I noticed that the first couple singles came out well in advance of the album. Yeah, by like a year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're hyping this up. Yeah. Oh, and from here, I mean that's this is kind of where Roberta Flack's career really takes off more commercially. But this is kind of where Donny Hathaway starts to, he puts out another album in 73 and then kind of falls off even making music. And the reason for this is he's having mental health issues and decides to go off his medication, which makes him basically people would not work with him. He was suffering delusions and he became severely depressed and was unable to like leave his apartment and it was a bad scene for quite a few years this continued until 1977 when roberta invited 
Donnie to record again with her for her album Blue Lights in the Basement. And for this, they had to record in like separate studios. Roberta recorded the track and then sent it off to sent it off to Donnie, where he would then add his part because he was not even able to travel at this point. So so sad. Yeah. Hearing about that. Yeah, and he was really is. He's not doing well at this point. He recorded two more songs with Roberta in 1978 that would eventually come out on Roberta Flack featuring Donny Hathaway but um, it was during these sessions Donny was having delusions again and uh, ended up committing suicide he jumped out of a building in 1979 yeah that's it's just tragic and that's before I went back and read through, that was, unfortunately, that was what has always jumped out at me about his story, too. It's kind of like what, uh, what Mark said. It's kind of the foremost thing, and uh, it's a good opportunity to revisit and learn more about him. And, yeah, I don't know. He's just always, he's one of my favorite voices, and just the music that exudes from him. <laughs> it's just, I we, we love his music in my household. My wife and I both we enjoyed revisiting his catalog today and you know she knew a lot of the lyrics she was singing along to a lot of it. it occurs to me we used to listen to him a lot and uh it's a good reminder to put on donny hathaway more often yeah and roberta went on to record many more albums she put out 18 albums in total with the last one being in 2018 she won the grammy lifetime achievement award in 2020 and actually just recently retired from performing in November of 2022 due to health reasons. She just couldn't do it anymore. Oh, so the, an update in her career since our last Roberta Flack episode. Yep. Yeah, I really think from what I was reading, you know, Donnie Hathaway probably would be right up there with like Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder, uh, had he a lived longer and B, it seems that the, the, his mental health issues affected his career the entire way along. He was never really able, despite his talent, he never really had that star quality despite his talent and his big apple cap. He never, you know, he, he had that, <laughs> I, that icon, but he just never quite had the uh, ability to be that s- next level star. Unfortunately, just because he was always battling those demons. Yeah. yeah. He was only 33, I think, when he died. So young. So, so young. Yeah, that's... You're just getting started at 33. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, just heartbreaking, his story. Just heartbreaking. Thankful for what he left behind, though. Yes. Yes. Very, very thankful. His solo output is amazing. And at Christmas time. This Christmas is still a huge staple. Um, it's been covered by numerous artists. His version is played in constant rotation on stop. Even when I go home to visit my family in Greenville, Mississippi, and we listen to Christmas music, my dad still puts on Donny Hathaway's This Christmas. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the ones that doesn't get old, no matter how many times you hear it. I can't remember where I read it, but it was also interesting to read that he 
didn't really, when he was first getting started in the industry, he was seeking to be a songwriter and arranger. He didn't really feel that he possessed the vocal talent to be a singer. He like people had to push him like, no, you have it. Trust us. You have it, which it's, just, <laughs> it's hard to imagine, but that you, you hear that so many times that someone for whatever reason can't recognize their own skills. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's not uncommon with a lot of these genius musicians, but let's, Cut to another track, shall we? Yeah, what did we have next? Let's do that. Yes, yes. They uh, did a couple of covers on this album. You've already mentioned the cover of You've Got a Friend, um, which James Taylor took to the top of the top 100, the hot 100, excuse me. But it was written by Carole King, who does our version on her album Tapestry. But they also did a cover of The Righteous Brothers' You've Lost That Loving Feeling. And man, oh man, the arrangement for this track um, is just incredible. Um, the, the way their vocal stylings are, how they each have their separate parts, but then they come in together, the string arrangements, everything about this track is dynamic. Yeah. And so it's, it's spine yeah, they, they, they really slow it down, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm make you feel the ache, the heartache. Oh, you feel every word of it in this version. Yes, it's devastating, devastatingly good. It's, it's, it's fantastic. All right, well, let's do that. You've lost that loving feeling, which is side A, track five. When I kiss your lips And there's no tenderness Like before In your fingertips You're trying hard not to show You 
Unpopular opinion here. I don't know if I'm a fan of the arrangement of this song. The like dee 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 so, dee dee. My so I, while we were listening to that, I was trying to place what it was about that that seemed like disparate, and it's because I never expected to hear "You've Lost That Love and Feeling" interpreted to the soundtrack of a black exploitation film. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's kind of what it sounds like. Am I wrong? Yeah. Like, but they, I think I, I tried to separate myself from that. Just their voices together. Yeah. Are, the are, voices uh, carry the message. I think amazingly it's, it's the instrumentation that kind of throws it, me it's like yeah it's like a, the tension is building in a scene or something like that <laughs> yeah it almost feels like sensual in a way that is the opposite of the message of the song <laughs> <laughs> i feel that that's fair enough fair enough I, I respect that and i hear that but that's a good way of actually um, visualizing that scene in a black exploitation movie, a full black exploitation movie in my head of the building up of this kind of intense scene. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can see Pam Greer is in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're totally right though. I mean, I didn't think of it as anything as any problem. I liked it, but that's also because I'm a huge fan of anything that sounds like it could have been the soundtrack to a black exploitation or seventies porno. <laughs> that's your your jam your genre yeah i found that out one time i was like listening to music i was like i want stuff that kind of sounds like david axelrod and has a similar groove and i like found a playlist with a bunch of stuff on it that i like that was just entitled like 70s porn music it's like oh i guess that is the genre this that i like <laughs> yeah i mean you're an earth wind and fire fan and <laughs> That's kind of what they do too, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. all comes together. Oh, don't say comes together. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my! Well, Sean, yeah, you might expect me to ask for recommended similar albums right about now, but it does seem appropriate. I've heard on the street that you might have some all caps user reviews for us. That's right. It's bringing back. back. I don't know if it's a fan Yay. favorite, but it's a Peter and Jeremy favorite. Yeah, so those are the only fans a, that it's count a, to It's me. a Mark DJ Mahogany favorite, too. All I, right. I, I love it. 100% of the co-hosts on this yes. episode yeah. are stoked about this feature it's, coming it's, back. It's I been love it. sorely missing in season four so far. Yeah. I'm just kind of widening the search field a little bit. Not all of these have words in all caps, but they're all genuine reviews from the people out there this is genuine human emotion you know you've heard our opinions let's let's throw it out there and see what the rest of the world thinks about this record well lay them on us sean we're ready we're more than ready okay so all of these were sourced from one website i'm not going to say which one but they have a title the review and then they rate it on a five star scale so i'll be reading all three of those first up title simply amazing voices this CD is one of my very favorites. Yeah, also, the, uh, the only listing on this website was for the CD version, not the vinyl, so forgive the CD references. I actually think it's fitting because 
all of my Donny Hathaway is on CD since he's so hard to find on LP. So I'm okay with that. Perfect. So far, I'm with them. It's amazing, and <laughs> this, it's on CD. <laughs> You're going to feel right at home with these reviews. Okay. Simply Amazing Voices. This CD is one of my very favorites. I owned it a year ago when there was no such thing as a CD, only vinyl. So when I saw it was available in CD format, I had to have it. <laughs> if you're it? a fan of Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway individually, you'll love their duets. Some of today's young artists need to take a cue from these two. They're what real singing is all about. Five stars. Uh, the enthusiasm is on point. Okay, you want to hear a few more? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Next up, this one is titled Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway. Enjoyed the CD. Was not pleased with some of the songs on the CD. Liked five out of the ten selections. Regardless, I still enjoy other songs that this duo have produced together or singularly. R.I.P. Donny. Three stars. Ooh. Ooh. Three stars. Ooh. I'm telling you, we can't just hear our opinions. We gotta hear the, these raw opinions from other people. <laughs> Next up, this one's entitled simply Four Stars. Perfect bleed of voices. Four stars. <laughs> I mean, is it was it supposed to be bleed or blend? <laughs> I think they were supposed to write blend, but that's not what they posted on the internet for me Ooh. to read. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, they had four words. And they got one wrong. That's pretty three out of four ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> this next one's my favorite. It's entitled Nice. The review is Nice. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> you're, man, you've uh you're getting into some of that anti comedy territory, but this I'm getting unlike uh some of the other <laughs> anti comedy you and Jeremy have been recommending to me. Yeah. Thank you for reading my review, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You're welcome. that would be the jeremy nice. review so this one had uh this next one has an interesting title it's all caps just one jc which i think means just one jesus christ probably not a very religious review though it just says cd caught me off guard dot 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 didn't like it as much as i thought i would three stars <laughs> <laughs> like it got surprised by this cd yeah <laughs> this this music straight up caught me off guard <laughs> didn't know what to do with myself uh, i got a couple reviews left but i'll just read one and you need to tell me if you want more than that this uh this one is titled ah <laughs> didn't like i wanted roberta's hits on this too one star dang <laughs> That person just wants it all. Dang. Yeah. All right. What do you guys think? You want another one or are we done? Let's do one more. One more. Okay. Okay. There's, there's two left. You want the first or the second one? Second. Okay. This one is entitled looking back soul times two Roberta and Donnie period. Nuff said their first collab offers soul music. That is totally seventies style. From the first song to the tenth, their voices are superb together, and the song selection is perfect for this time frame. With the songs provided, my personal favorite is For All We Know, performed by Donnie himself. Outstanding! His singing make me miss him even more, but I will 
find a way to download to my phone. All in all, this was a true going back to the good old days recording that make me miss real music even more. The kind that comes from the heart, soul, and gut instead of the egos backed by numerous electronic devices. Five stars. Wow. So that's a great so movie. broad and so specific at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I like what you get like that it said enough said right out of the gate and then went on to say a lot more. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> went on to be the longest review of the Yeah, <laughs> the this whole segment. Oh, well, I, that's just what I needed. Uh Jeremy, Mark, are you satisfied with this uh segment? Of, what are we calling? What is the official name of this segment now? Moving forward here, what are we calling it? Sean, you know, working title. If anybody's got any really good titles, send them in. I'll consider it. I guess for now, it's just Sean <laughs> reads user reviews. Well, if you have any, I like that. It's though. it's it's good, but you know, we we open it to the people. If you have any suggestions, once again, get at us at I'd buy that podcast at gmail dot com. We will listen to your voice. You know, and we might read a review of yours someday too, by chance too. <laughs> As proven. Mm-hmm. Do you guys also want to hear just a couple recommended similar albums? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. So I got three other duo records from the early to mid seventies, as is appropriate. First up, Leon and Mary Russell, the wedding album from nineteen seventy six. Yeah. That makes sense. As, as talked about at length on the Mary McCreary album that we covered just a few months back. Yeah, because she's Mary Russell. Yes. <laughs> Mary McCreary is Mary Russell. Next up, Ashford and Simpson, their album Ooh, Gimme yes. Something Real from 1973. Ashford and Simpson were Motown songwriting pair and their, for their recorded material they're probably better known as like a later 70s disco act but that first duo record they put out in 73 has a lot of uh, similar vibes to the donnie and roberta record we talked about today great album great recommendation i love that album <laughs> perfect and last up another duo record diana ross and marvin gay diana and marvin from 1973 <laughs> Yes, yes. That's in my top 10 favorite albums of all time. Just perfect. Just like this one that we're listening to today. <laughs> yes. I have three duet albums in my top 10 favorite albums of all time. We're talking about one, and Sean just mentioned another one. May I suggest one more duet album? This It's in my top 10 favorite albums of all time. And it is the um, duet album by Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr., an album entitled I Hope We Get to Love in Time. It was their first album that they did as a duo after leaving the fifth dimension. Oh, nice. You can, yeah, you can find it in dollar bins everywhere. It's yes. a great record. What is their big hit that they have together? You Don't Have to Be a Star to Be in My Show. Is that on that one? It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great song. Yes. If we're uh, talking honorable mentions here, I almost included the Denise Williams and Johnny Mathis duo record, but that one's a little more disco sounding than this, so it's not actually a good musical comparison. But if you want some more duo soul-related content in your life, that's another good one. Wholeheartedly agree. Well, Mark, while you're with us, is there anything coming up that you would like to plug for our listeners? Yes. 
finally, I've been working on my own podcast. I mentioned it the last time you guys were thankful enough to have me on. And on July 1st, 2023, get ready for 12 Inches of Pleasure, a podcast that will celebrate the 12-inch single. I'm very excited, and I can't wait to drop my 12 Inches of Pleasure on everyone no pun intended. So it's going to be great. Yeah, it's finally happening. We're we're very excited for that. It's I think that uh we you know the first time before you were ever were asked to come on the podcast Mark and you just reached out to us uh you know we'd seen some of your videos on Instagram at, you know, DJ, at DJ Mahogany but we you had sent us some some voice messages and just immediately we were struck by your voice and your presence and you know immediately oh, thought thank you you should have your own radio show or podcast <laughs> <laughs> so very happy that that's uh gonna be a thing well thank you and once again my thanks to all three of you for having me on you guys are truly an inspiration you enlighten me and so many others and most importantly, you guys continue to educate me. The guests you have on this show, um, from Leora, my disco queen, to Taylor Rowley, you, to Miss Mel in Australia. I mean, you guys have so many wonderful, informative guests. And I love that my record collection grows based on this podcast because you talk about, you guys talk about so many great albums and through the patreon i get even cooler records from you guys if you guys aren't signed up for their patreon by the way you are missing out missing out their patreon is awesome yeah yeah go right over there today listen to dj mahogany patreon.com slash i'd buy that podcast there's plenty of different tiers to sign up at we'll be actually by the time this airs, we should be getting ready to ship out the Season 4 Patreon-exclusive merchandise. It's too late for Season 4, but you can get in on Season 5. So once again, patreon.com slash I'd buy that podcast. You guys, the bonus content on there when you discuss the 45s, the playlists you guys make. I mean, the your Patreon is just truly incredible. And I am so proud to be a part of it. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome, Mark, and we can't thank you enough for all the support that you've given our podcast, and always love having you on. You always pick some great selections, and this was, to get a chance to talk Donny Hathaway is just incredible, and so I'm glad you found a way for us to do that. You know, we have to remember that there's, realizing sometimes these collaboration Albums are the way to do that. You know, if we ever want to talk Bobby Gentry, we got to get that Glenn Campbell, Bobby Gentry album Ooh. going. <laughs> that's the. Oh my gosh. That's a great album. Oh, I love that. Yeah, maybe we found your next appearance. Oh gosh. I would love to talk about Miss Bobby Gentry and good old Glenn Campbell. <laughs> I love them both. Great, great singers. Great songwriters. Do we have anything more we want to say about this album or either artist before we introduce our final selection that we're going to leave people with. Just once again, thank you to all of you for letting me talk about Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway. It's Roberta Flack is such a great singer and she has contributed so much to the scene. 
And Donny Hathaway, his life was cut too short. So any opportunity I have to share what a great contribution to music that he made. Uh, I'm so thankful for this opportunity to do that. So thank you guys so very much. Thank you for coming on again. And we'll have you back again in the not so distant future. It would be an honor. Thank you. Well, Mark, what did you have planned for us to leave on today? The final song um, that I would love to share with all of you today is a song called Be Real Black For Me. And it's basically a beautiful love song um, in which Roberta and Donnie kind of sort of sing to each other just their, their feelings for each other, how beautiful they look to each other. And I just love this track so much. And one of the times that I really, because sometimes you know how you can listen to a song and you listen to it and you enjoy the music, you enjoy the vocals, but sometimes the lyrics don't hit you the first time you listen to Mm -hmm. it. And one day I really listened to the lyrics of this song and it was moving. It moved me so much to, to tears, just the, the elegance, the, the joy of, of just seeing each other. It's just such a beautiful song. And I thought it would be the, the, the best way to end this show today on a very beautiful, positive song. I did notice that this one has been sampled quite a bit. We didn't really get into any uh, samples from this album. Uh, the er- Earlier, Where's the Love was actually sampled on the Nate Dogg track, Never Leave Me Alone, featuring Snoop Dogg in 1997. Be Real Black for Me was sampled by Scarface on his 2002 track, On My Block, as well as Corday on the track Bad Idea featuring Chance the Rapper. I believe that was in 2019. And a number of, it's been sampled another a number of other times as well. There were, this album didn't have quite as many samples as like a lot of solo Donny Hathaway albums, but just thought I'd mention that people have been sourcing it. So yeah, let's, uh, let's listen to that song and close out another episode of I'd Buy That for a Dollar. My name is Peter Cook. I'm Jeremy Ruggles. I'm Sean Hartman. And I'm Mark Weathersby. True. <laughs> oh, I love it when you say that. Oh my gosh, that's the best. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you.